When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, everybody, and welcome into a Wednesday, June 1st, NBA Finals edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Julian Edlow. Find me on Twitter at Julian Edlow. Find the podcast on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. No S. We ran out of room. Um, we've been coming at you throughout the NBA playoffs here and there, giving you some thoughts, but we're now down to, um, you know, what should be a pretty popular Celtics versus Warriors NBA final. Um, we're recording a day before game one. We'll give you some game one thoughts. We'll give you some series thoughts um, and bringing in another NBA mind to do so. My guy knows a guy on Twitter. At my guy knows a guy. He's from Frenzy Sports. He is up in Canada, in Toronto, in Ontario, where DraftKings is, uh, you know, now now local. Um, how we doing, man? Amazing. Thanks for the warm welcome, Julian. Uh, shout out to DraftKings as well. And uh, hey, we made it to the end of the road. It's crazy, crazy time of the year, but it's bittersweet. But I'm I'm ready to attack the the uh, the NBA markets big time series coming up. Yeah, it's I mean, the NBA season is a grind, especially with how much you put into it during the regular season, who's in, who's out, player props, all the spots that come at you. And then the playoffs become this different animal of, you know, capping teams playing each other for the seventh time in a row and what to look for. And just it's a lot. So I'm ready for I'm ready for the end. I'm ready to bet the NBA draft. And we will have a podcast on that. I love draft markets. Um, and we'll get to that, you know, another day. Um but what is keeping me a little more mentally sharp this time around versus the last couple of years, um, particularly in the bubble, which was, uh, you know, one of the worst NBA playoffs, or it was the worst NBA playoff I've, I've had, um, is when your team is in it and my Boston Celtics are in it. And uh, we did not think they would be in it at under 500 in mid January, but here we are. And there, this is like a, a you know, we'll call it like a nerds versus the book series. Cause you see these analytics come out from an ESPN or from a 538 talking like over 80% chance for the Celtics to win this series. Uh, my best bets articles out already, uh, already out on DK playbook. If you've read it, you've read it. I like the Celtics in the series as a plus plus one thirty dog, but these numbers are ridiculous. Let's just start like, overall themed with you like i'm because i'm sure you've seen that stuff and i know that you've been on the celtics through this run what do you make of 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 this series this is a really really tough series to predict on the surface because like you said there seems to be so many conflicting trends in this series the prediction models i'll be completely honest the mainstream predictive prediction models um i guess 538 espn Crazy, crazy um, high probability for the Celtics to win the series. I, I saw as high as 83%. I've never seen such a discrepancy between mainstream prediction models and like traditional odds makers, right? right. Uh, naturally, I want to I lean with 
with with with uh, with the odds makers with DK. This is a series that's going to be uh, defined by game to game adjustments. So, you know, we have an inexperienced head coach in Ime Rodoka with the Boston Celtics. Uh, 123, I believe, finals appearances on the Golden State Warriors roster versus zero for the uh, Boston Celtics. Seems like the Golden State Warriors have the edge when it comes to all the big picture stats. But I, I like what you said about how the Boston Celtics were under 500 uh, halfway through the season. And, you know, they, they weren't looking too good just before January 1st as well. Uh, I really do believe that um, this is a team that is destined to break through and we're at the beginning of their title window. I don't think this is a fluke at all. I'm actually very high on this, very bullish on the Celtics. The e what it is is that the East is very competitive right now. Um, and the Celtics took a really tough path and, and made it there. So obviously it's looking good for the Celtics, but you never know when your team is, is going to be back. Um, so this is an opportunity that they're going to want to capitalize on. Now, I think the Celtics match up really well with the Warriors on paper, and you'll see that in their in their matchups. The Celtics are the only team to have a winning record versus Steve Kerr since he became the Warriors head coach, stuff like that. Um, I, I throw most of those games out, but I do think that the Celtics match up very well. What scares me for the Celtics and why Golden State is favored in the series is their experience in these games um, and the mistakes that the Celtics make because the Celtics – probably should have beaten the Bucks in less than seven games. Definitely should have beaten the Heat in less than seven games. Um, and yet, you know, they need their backs against the wall to come through. If you pin yourself against the wall like that against the Warriors, I don't know if you're getting out of it. So I think they're going to have to, and we haven't seen anything in between. The Brooklyn series was a sweep, which was amazing because they swept them by a grand total of 18 points. And then you have all these other games, 20-point blowout this way, 20-point blowout that way. I feel like we're going to see something a little bit different, a little bit more traditional in these finals of just more competitive games between two good teams. Um, so matchup wise, I, I like this for the Celtics a lot, but if they play down and make some of the mistakes that they've made, the, the Warriors are going to win this and that's why they're favored. So I guess let's go into, have you played anything series wise, series priced? Series price. I was going to lay the minus 175, I believe it is on DK for the Celtics plus one and a half series spread. Okay. Um, but I also am of the mindset where I could possibly get much more value if they were to lose game game one. I've had uh, some success over the course of this play over the course of this postseason with series spreads props. Um, and the Celtics are like the main candidate. I've actually had a great run with this team. Um, I've successfully dodged them when they were losing. Uh, this is a team in the Celtics that they embody resiliency, uh, adversity, game-to-game -game adjustments. I think Ime Udoka is still somewhat underrated because of his ability to have such a young core bounce back so effectively and so consistently. This is a team that I, I don't really envision losing two games in a row in this series. That's why I wanted to take – it's going to be difficult to beat the Boston Celtics two games in a row. This is what they've demonstrated since January 1st. And the Warriors, um, both of these teams match up really, really well against each other. Uh, you know, if you were to listen to the mainstream media, you would think that the Warriors should be larger favorites. But I think the odds makers know what's really going on here. This is a very, very, very tight series. Um, yeah, but that's that. I didn't play the plus one and a half point spread, uh, plus one and a half game spread yeah. for the Celtics. I did not play it. But yeah, um, I, mean, I did make some stuff in game one. We'll talk about that later. So going going to this one, 
I guess is there anything else I want to go on the series here? We'll go to some game one numbers and trends. Um, because I do have a couple of plays in game one, but I'll start with some numbers on the Warriors because we just mentioned the Celtics have dropped consecutive game ones in this postseason. It's a tougher spot. They have whatever it is, three days rest and going on the road from Miami to Boston to San Francisco to play this game. Um, but the Warriors are 21 and two in game ones under Steve Kerr. They're nine and oh at home this postseason, seven and two against the spread in those games. They're they've won obviously all three of their their first games at home. I say first games at home because one of them wasn't a game one. That was the game three against Memphis. And they've won them all by at least 16 points um, and as many as 30. So the Warriors have been very good at home and they've been even better at home early in series. So that's why I have not bet the Celtics for the full game here. But what I have bet is the Celtics in the first half. Um, And the reason that I did so, I think a lot of people are looking at this as a down spot like they did in game one coming off the game seven against the Bucs. That was a half as much time on the turnaround. That was without two starters in Marcus Smart and Al Horford. Um, And the Celtics still, despite losing that game, led by eight at halftime. So they get twice the rest. Warriors may be rusty after the week off. Uh, Celtics first half is is the way that I'm going to play this game. And I'm going to hope that they come around and and win the game. Like you said, maybe they don't and you come back at a better series price. Um, But I like the Celtics to kind of catch the Warriors off guard early here and uh, see where it goes from there. Do you have anything side related for game one that you've you've played here? It's crazy you said that. Um, my newsletter this morning, that's the only bet that I've, you can go check it out. I have a newsletter. Um, it, uh, that's the only bet that I've placed in game one is Celtics plus one and a half first half. Um, there you go. This is a team that's crazy alignment right there because I don't think many people are on this play at all. You look at this Celtics team and you connect their recent performance to what we said about how, you know, they're, they're, they're a resilient team, a team that's gone through adversity, a team that's able to play to, to weather to a team that's able to absorb the fact that they don't have as much depth as some of the other title contenders that were in the playoffs. Um, but this is a Celtics team that's 11 and seven ATS during this postseason in the first half um, on the road. They're seven and two ATS in the first half of the, po- of the 2022 postseason. Uh, what that shows me is that not only is it a positive to have such an amazing defense, but their defense also travels. It's, it's their defense travels. It doesn't matter the environment. They actually seem to be performing better defensively on the road. Um, also with the long layover between the Western Conference finals and the finals, the Golden State Warriors did have a couple of extra days of rest. I do think that that may aid the Warriors over the course of the series because, you know, you look at over the last 25 days, they, I think they played three less games in the Celtics. That could be a factor towards the end of the series, but I think it, it will be detrimental to the Warriors in game one, the fact that they've been off for how many days, Julian? Um, a week. It'll be Thursday to Thursday since they closed yeah. out and they play. I can see one of those trademark slow starts from the Golden State Warriors shooting-wise, just trying to get reacclimated to a, to a different team. This is a Celtics team that I believe is going to come into that building with a, no pun intended, a, a warrior mentality. They're going to come in there ready to roll, and I think the first half is the play. Total alignment with you. Road Warriors, the Celtics have been, and they've they have called themselves. So I think that they will start off strong. I don't I'm not making any predictions for the game. Um, 
because I think that's where it gets a little dicey. The Warriors coming out in those third quarters. The third quarter has been a problem for the Celtics. So maybe even in game there, you look to get in on Warriors third quarter and you're still not even making a prediction for the full game. Um, for game one, for the props, I have, I put a, a juicy one in my article. Um, I'm laying the minus 160 on Al Horford to score more points head to head with Draymond Green for a few reasons. Um, if you look at Draymond's game log, he generally starts off much slower in the series, getting everyone else involved and then scores when he needs to in these closeout games. And as the series gets, gets later, um, he scored a little bit more later in the Dallas series. That was also without Otto Porter um, taking some rotation minutes as a big that shoots off the bench for them. He you know how the Celtics are going to play him. They're going to sag off him and give him shots, and he's not going to want to take them. He's going to look to distribute. So those two games against the Celtics in the regular season, he scored eight total points in the two games combined. Um, so if you want to, basically from what I've said already, if you want to play Draymond Green under eight and a half points, I have no problem with that. I think that's a good prop in this game. I'm going to lay the extra juice to take Horford to score more than him because I think that Horford's going to have a pretty good size role in this series. And he only played one game against the Warriors this year. Um, but he should be involved both getting the ball in the paint to take advantage of the Celtic size they have over the Warriors. And then in that pick and pop game, you know, the Warriors are going to put the pressure on Tatum Brown and they'll distribute to Horford for those threes. And he's been making them. So I like that. I also am not very confident in Robert Williams early in this series. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Robert Williams sat out game one of this series um that would give him a full week uh sunday to sunday between games if he returned for game two uh he clearly wasn't healthy at the end of the miami series and he was a much larger need for boston against miami than he is golden state um it'd be great to have him healthy if you're a celtics backer if you're me but uh that might take a game or two so uh, with that in mind more minutes for horford more shots for horford more opportunities for horford so Horford to score, uh, outscore Draymond Green minus one sixteen game one. It's juicy, but like I could see this one. I think there's minus one sixty or minus one sixteen. Minus one six zero. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, you got to lay it here. But like, if it's a close win, it's a close win, and it's you know a nine to seven win. But like, I see that near the floor of this bet. Whereas like, this could eat. It wouldn't. Would it surprise anybody if you win this bet? Horford eighteen, Draymond four, like it could easily go that way. I just see a lot more margin for victory. I don't know if you've had a chance to dive into player props yet or, you know, decide what kind of margin you have between those two guys and points in game one, but I just see a lot more ways you, you win that than, than lose it. I don't think Draymond's scoring more than 10 points in a game one. Yeah. Or game two or game three. Draymond is going to have a difficult time scoring at all in this game, unless it's just, you know, luck factor baskets. I call, I call them he'll luck be given, factor baskets. He'll be given shots, but he doesn't take them. Like, he doesn't take those threes until later in the series, it seems like. Yeah, he doesn't. And, you know, he's not. they're not going to emphasize getting him the ball at all, and he's not going to have the space that he had to maneuver that he did against the Dallas Mavericks. I think you're right, Julian. Al Horford has a distinct edge, at least offensively, against Draymond Green. I actually have Al Horford over 10 and a half points listed as a quality um, 
possibility for this one. Uh, going to see what direction maybe the line moves in, but I, I, I don't anticipate this one will move much. Al Horford, he has a, as I said, a distinct matchup edge against the Golden State Warriors that he didn't necessarily have against Bam Adebayo um, or whoever, what the, the heat interior, his, his services offensively weren't really required. You go up, you match him up against a player like Kevon Looney, who at times looked like Shaq against the Dallas Mavericks. It was crazy. He uh, career high in points set in the series as well for Kevon Looney. I fully anticipate um, a healthy Al Horford and a potentially healthier Robert Williams to sub to stifle. I expect him to stifle Kevon Looney. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely looking at uh, Al Horford over 10 and a half points here on the warrior side of things. The only player that I'm really comfortable uh, because I do anticipate a slower, uh, like a, a, I do anticipate a le- lesser uh, offensive performance from the golden state warriors. The only player that I'd be comfortable putting money on with a prop at this juncture uh, would be Andrew Wiggins over one and a half threes. I do think that he could benefit um, from the added defensive attention the Celtics are going to give to Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, of yep. course, and Jordan Poole. Uh, we see Wiggins shooting splits during this postseason. He's uh, averaging uh, nearly 1.8 threes made per game at home, as opposed to under 1.5 on the road during this postseason. His shot attempts are up. Just a different envir- environment for him. And, and you can see it visually. It's not just the data. You can see Andrew Wiggins is is a much more confident player at home. I agree with you there. And Wiggins, I mean, Wiggins, I, I don't trust Wiggins from behind the line, but it's all about the opportunities. If he's the, if he's there and he's if he's getting the looks because of the doubles on Clay and Steph, um, then yeah, the, the opportunities are going to be there. And that's really what you're betting on. And then you hope to see the ball go through the net. Um, let me see here, going through props. We Any other, you said Al Horford jumps out to you, Wiggins, any other guys that you have circled for props in game one or props throughout the series, depending on how, how things may go early? Yes, I, I do think that Marcus Smart is going to come out uh, in, in distribution mode. I just don't, I just haven't been able to pinpoint whether or not uh, the pace will allow it in game one. I'm anticipating a bit of a slower pace, but over the course of the series, I would definitely be monitoring Marcus Smart's assist line at five and a half. Um, yeah, it, it hasn't been hitting as efficiently as it was in the regular season, but this is a player, I, I'm sure that Marcus Smart hears all of the noise about you know the Warriors, how he may be public enemy number one to the Warriors. He injured Steph Curry, although I, I don't think he meant it. It, it was a, it was a pretty tough play, the play that knocked Steph out of the regular season beforehand. I just feel like he's one of the players that's going to come into this series a bit juiced up. Um, He almost shot his team out of the game and out of the series at the end of the game. Although I'm not really like, I think Marcus Smart should have taken those shots in hindsight. Like you look at the shots, the quality of the shots, they were open shots towards towards the end of the shot clock. But the fact that he missed five of them in a row, it just almost came back to bite them. I can see him slowing down a bit in terms of his shooting attempts in terms of his shot attempts maybe forcefully just to get that theory out of people's minds like i'm not a ball hog this you know and get back to the marcus smart the bread and butter that we've seen from marcus smart effectively running pick and rolls like you said with al horford and uh distributing more effectively so i'm definitely tracking marcus smart's assists and i'm also tracking marcus Smart's steals they've still been listed at plus money at over one and a half and uh you know, it, State turns the ball over. Golden State plays it sloppy. The ball That's over. an Achilles for them. That's one of the things that I think can keep the Celtics in this series is their defense against 
a Golden State team that can get sloppy with the ball. So I don't mind betting on maybe some Golden State turnover props or some Celtic steals props, um, especially because I where I'll disagree with you a little bit is the pace. I think we could see some pace in game one because the Warriors don't want to let the Celtics get set into their half-court offense because that's where the Celtics thrive. So they might try and get some shots up quick, which means transition, which means some of those loopy passes that they throw up the court, which means also some turnovers right back to the Celtics when while they're trying to run. Um, so I think the Warriors are going to try and shoot early in the shot clock to try and avoid going against Boston's defense at kind of full strength, if that if that makes sense. Okay, so we're going to look into some of the series-long player props. And this is just essentially, you can bet players' averages for the series. Points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, and threes per game. And I know you have something for us in threes per game where you have the highest players on the board, the guys that are above three, essentially. Tatum, 3.4. Curry, 3.7. And Klay Thompson, 3.3 makes from three per game throughout the series minus 110 each way what do you see for clay thompson here i see clay thompson going under an average of 3.3 three point field goals made per game i just feel as if you're not the main high usage player the central piece of your team who's going to be throwing up shots um high volume shot shooter if you're not a high volume shooter you know he's the second best player on the team you know um I respect Clay highly, one of my favorite players. Respect what he's done to re- rehab, come back. Um, but to, for, to expect, so let me just re- rephrase what I'm trying to say because I actually had this written down earlier. Um, Steph Curry, it's it's unreasonable to assume that two players on the same roster will both average over three three point field goals made in the same series against what I think is the best defense in the NBA and also the best perimeter defense in the NBA in the Boston Celtics. It's, it's going to be difficult for clay. You're, you're essentially asking him to average three and a half threes made over the course of what of potentially six or seven game series. Uh, you know, now clay is a guy that can snap at any moment we saw that in the closeout game against the mavericks we see that we see that in just about every closeout game he takes his game to another level from behind the line when the warriors backs are against the wall um but this is one that not only am i going to bet on dk but i think that we're going to feel pretty comfortable about it after the first two games he will i will say if we want to go by by round 4.4 makes per game against Denver 3.3 on the nose against Memphis and then under three per game against Dallas grand total 3.56 per game in the playoffs so Boston's defense is going to have to come into play here to keep him below what he's been doing essentially definitely it's it's definitely conflicting factors here it's more of a uh, endorsement of this Boston Celtics defense and me saying that, you know, I believe that what they're doing is real. Uh, I believe that the Boston Celtics are not the Denver Nuggets. They're not the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, that this is a team with an elite three-point defense. I watched them against the Milwaukee Bucks consistently run quality three-point shooters off of the three-point line. They did mm-hmm. the same thing to Miami. Um, obviously, the problem with the Celtics is that they haven't been able to play elite perimeter defense in in consecutive games. They're, they're a team that's sort of been flip-flopping uh, over the course of the playoffs when it comes to um, allowing their opponents to, you know, 
they have the ability to lock the three-point line down. It's going to be difficult to stifle Steph Curry over this over the course of a seven-game series, especially with Marcus Smart being the one uh, to tail him. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is most of his. Um, I believe he's the one that's going to benefit from the added attention. But yeah, Clay under three and a half, three point three field goals made in this series for me. All right, so Clay Thompson under on his three-pointers made per game. All right, that probably gets us through the props. Um, Celtics first half were aligned in on game one. I'm on Celtics for the series. It sounds like you're either going to play a series spread beforehand or get in on uh, the series after game one. Um, last thing I'll leave it on is finals MVP. I have a small bet on Tatum when he was in like the plus 200 neighborhood. I think he's plus 175 at the moment. Um, this is one where I just advise people not to get cute. You're going to see a lot of people tweeting out value on a Marcus Smart or on a Draymond Green or Jordan Poole or whatever. These type of things don't happen other than Andre Iguodala in recent memory, which is, you know, curious because he's playing in this series. But these type of things don't happen. Finals MVPs are chalk. People want to talk about the conference MVPs. I said bet Curry, bet Tatum, Curry and Tatum win it. Um, do you feel any differently about this market? Is there any long shot you like, or is it, if you like the Warriors, you bet Curry, if you like the Celtics, you bet Tatum. I think it is. Those are the de facto options. If you like the Warriors bet Curry, if you like the Celtics bet Jason Tatum, but there is one thing that's very noteworthy for me is the price of Jalen Brown for finals MVP. Uh, I do think that this, there is a large discrepancy between his price and Jason Tatum's price. When you compare the production of the two players, um, I think that they both have a, not an equal shot, but I think the plus 1,000, I believe that's what it was earlier on DK, plus 1,000 for Jalen Brown. You compare that to about plus 175 for Jason Tatum. And I do think that there is a substantial amount of value on Jalen Brown just because of his ability to mimic what Jason Tatum does. I know Jason Tatum is the alpha of the team, um, but uh, you know I just feel like the odds are a bit too high for Jalen Brown. A bit disrespectful, in fact. That's where I... I hear you. That's where I just encourage people to be careful because you can make those other players higher than they should be. And you got to be careful. The Celtics, put it this way. If, if Jalen Brown is the Celtics best player, they're not going to win the series. The Warriors are going to win the series. Tatum has to be that guy, both scoring, distributing, which Jalen Brown can't do, limiting the turnovers, which Jalen Brown has trouble with. Um, yeah, that's the difference. Tatum being able to pass out of the double team, be more of a playmaker is what, what makes everything go for the, for the Celtics. So I don't, I, while I hear you like Brown, you can tell me Brown might have two 35 point games in this, in this series, a 35 and a 40 point game in this series, but I don't, they're either going to lose one of those games because Tatum isn't good enough in that game, or they're going to lose the, or they're going to lose the whole series and Brown's the best player. And then he better than Tatum. And then he's not getting the MVP. I think there's only one way. You're, you're I, definitely I, right about that chalk. I, I think that Tatum is the only way on, on the Celtics side, put it that way. Curry, I guess we know the Warriors can win without Curry being at his best. So if, he, if you're going to throw a dart, I'm doing it on the Warriors side, but um, I just don't see where. where Who the are your darts for the, on the Warriors side? Poole, Wiggins? Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't, I don't know where the dart should be thrown. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I would take like the field if the field were an option, but I can't go there. So I don't know. It's all chalk for me when it comes to, when it comes to MVPs. Um, 
<clears throat> All right. Any part, any parting thoughts on, on the series? We, I, we pretty much covered everything, so we don't have to, to harp too much, but if there's anything we didn't get to, that's, you know, on your mind, go for it. Yeah. Um, one thing that's going to be very interesting for me in this series is when the series shifts to Boston in game three, it, I'm of the mindset that this series will be one, one going back to Boston. Not many mm -hmm. people, not many people believe that uh, people think that, you know, that the Warriors are going to hold home court. Um, this is a Celtics team that I'm very, very close to picking them to win the series. I, I believe in what they're doing, and I just don't think that the, after the first two games, there's a chance that even – well, the Warriors fans will never admit this, but there's a chance that we'll be saying that the wrong team was favored. That's what – I mean, that's why I said the series is, you know, the nerds versus the books, uh, like every, the all the analytics guys are telling me why the Celtics should be favored, and I – I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I think the Celtics have a very good chance to win the series, and that's why I'm betting them at, at plus money. Um, all right, we shall see how things go. Again, we're recording on Wednesday, June 1st, so game one. Hopefully this gives you you know some bets for game one. Um, unreasonable odds. We'll be back on Monday, actually, with my co-host, Steve Buchanan. We're going to do a little MLB, and then we'll catch you up after games one and two of the series and look forward to these two games uh, that will be coming at us in Boston um thank you to my guy knows a guy you can find him on twitter from frenzy sports for coming on talking nba finals with us and um go find his work on twitter any anything else you got to promote while you're here um no I, I well i share sports predictions across sports nba mlb soccer uh, my, my two strongest sports happen to be nba and soccer uh, on youtube frenzy sports i also have a newsletter but yeah i'm connected with julian uh, at, at julian and um I really appreciate the opportunity and I uh, just can't wait to continue making quality predictions. And uh, I'm really a fan of your work and let, let's, let's continue to rise. Have fun thank with the finals. And um, it's going to be really, really fun, everyone. Well, thank you, man. We like to bring, we like to bring um, people that say they're fans of ours onto the podcast. That's what it's all about. Um, all right. That is it for Unreasonable Odds. We'll be back at you next week. Thank you guys for listening. And hopefully we'll have some NBA finals giveaways for you um, on the DK Sportsbook. Thank you.